and adore you. Come on. Just want to tell you that I love you more than anything. Anybody love him this morning? Come on, tell him. Come on, just help me one more time. Come on, say it. Say it one more. Come on. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore. Just want to tell you that I love you more than me. Oh, come on. Do you love him? I love him. I love him. Do you love him this morning? Well, this morning, we, 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 we're in a series, those of you joining me, we've been teaching a series on how to truly be rich. I'm reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. He says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable, that trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. Say to do good. Listen to what he say. To be rich in good works and generous to those in need and always be ready to share with others. Listen. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience the true life. I want you to know that God wants you and I to experience true life. And here in 1 Timothy, he, Paul writing to Timothy, his son, telling them, listen, those who have money, I'm telling you how to experience the true riches of God. I pray, I, I trust, last week we talked about how to be rich in good works. You know, it's a blessing, you know, it's amazing. I hope everyone, you found some way to bless somebody. I, I had the opportunity uh, to anonymously uh, weed this person's garden. It, it was overgrown with weed, and I just, it, it took me a few days, but I, I weeded it out. You know, I, I felt better than they did. Isn't it wonderful to bless somebody? Angela had the opportunity to, to cook a, a wonderful meal. It was so good, I, I got tempted to eat some of it. <laughs> Listen, when you and I learn to be rich in good work, the Bible says we're laying up treasure in heaven. This morning, I want to look at this, this third thing. This is our third in the series on how to truly be rich. And I want to talk about extravagant generosity. You know, every now and then you hear about a story of somebody who's been truly extravagant in their generosity, extravagant in their generosity. And I, I want to share the story. Uh, and and I was watching and listening because, the, the, you know, the message Bible said this way, charge them to, do, to be good, to be rich in helping others, and to be extravagantly generous how many know our God is an extravagantly generous God and he desires us as his people to be an extravagantly generous people because he's been so 
good to us. How many know he desires that you and I be good to others? You know, one of the greatest testimonies of the goodness of God in a world that's struggling, in a world that's hurting, is when you and I learn to be extravagant in our generosity. And I want you to know that's what God has called us to do. And so this morning, I wanted to do that. But I, before you do that, I want to inspire you by telling you the story. How many of you ever heard of the story of Miss Osceola McCarthy from Mississippi? Anybody ever heard the story of Miss Osceola McCarthy? Anybody? Well, anyway, if you, if you Google it, I know these young millennials, they're going to Google it. You can go watch the video on YouTube. But let me just tell you the true story. In 1995, she got the attention of the whole world. Here was a lady, she was born in 1901, and uh, she worked all her life washing and ironing clothes. She didn't have much education. She grew up in a, a very difficult time in Mississippi. But she practiced the habit of saving and putting some money aside. She, although she was very poor and lived very modest, over the years, she would just maybe get a dollar here, two dollars there for ironing and, and, and washing clothes. But she slowly put money away. And in 1995, she got a call from the bank. At this time, she was about 86, 85 years old. And they called him and said, Miss Isiola, are you aware um, how much you have in the bank? Uh, she told her, do you know, well, they first asked her the question, well, what would you like us to do? We know you're, you're getting older. Do you have plans for what you want to do with the money you have when you go on and when you die? And she said, well, well how much do I have? And she said, well, they, they said, well, you don't know how much you have? So they invited her, well, won't you come to the, to the bank? She said, well, okay, I, I'll, I'll come tomorrow. And when she came to the bank, they told her that over the years, just putting a dollar and two dollars away, she had saved $280,000. Isn't that amazing? But that's not the amazing part of the story. So the banker sat down and said, well, Miss Isola, what would you like to do with all this money, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, she started about, she said, you know, well, God has been so good to me, and the church has been good to me. She didn't have much education. He put it down, he said, listen, I'm going to put down 10 dimes, and he said, listen, what would you like me to do? You just tell me. He said, well, you see that, that first dime, she said, that, that he said that represents him. He said, I want to give that to my church. They've just been so good to me, and God's been so good. And then she said, well, you know, I, I have two nephews. I, she didn't, have, ne didn't marry, never had any children. She said, well, you know what, then I, 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 my two nephews, you know, I never had children, but I'd like to give them a good start in life. I want you to give each of them a dime. She said, well, what do you like us to do with the rest, Miss Isola? Well, she thought real long, and she said, well, you know what? I've worked hard all my life, and you know what? I, wanna, I wasn't allowed to go to the university because of segregation and so forth. But I want to give it all to the university. And I want to set it up as an endowment and a scholarship so poor kids who want to be able to get an education, that they will be able to get an education. 
and it's so amazed the university it's so amazed everyone that here this woman she didn't just give some she gave it all so much so that she was invited on uh, CNN and Good Morning America and 20 Minutes and so forth. President, at that time, President Clinton was a president. He invited her to the White House and gave her the highest honor because of her lavish, extravagant generosity and being such an example. Ted Turner at the time was the president of, of CNN. He was so moved and he said, if this poor woman who washed clothes can give $150,000, he was moving. It caused him to begin, begin being generous. It, 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 it so moved so many. She was invited on the Oprah Winfrey show. She was invited. Harvard University invited her, and they gave her an honorary doctorate degree. And here, and so they brought her and paraded her at the university. And when they walked out, on the, uh, she went to the first college game. And when she walked out, they gave her a standing ovation, the whole stadium. Here's a woman who had no education, who washed clothes and ironed her whole life. Yet because of her extravagant generosity, she received the highest honor that the president could give any civilian. She was given honorary doctorate degrees. She was the talk of the town and was invited in every talk show. And because of her generosity, she challenged others who were wealthy to say, listen, if she can do something. Listen to what she said. I want to read her quote. When she was asked, she said, listen, I can't do everything, but I can do something. Put it up there. Listen, here's a, that's a picture of Miss Osceola McCarthy. See, I can't do everything, but I can do something to help somebody. And what I can do, I will do. I wish I could do more. Come on, let's just thank God for Miss Osceola McCarthy. You know, listen, you see, listen, it's not how much... Uh, but you see, God sees the heart. Isn't it amazing how one woman, because of her extravagant giving, made a difference? And now many kids who would have never been able to go to college and couldn't afford it, now an endowment been set up because of her. Well, I want to tell you that nothing gets the attention of the world like when we see extravagant generosity. I don't know about you, but that's what I want us to be known for more than anything else. We read it, and here another example. I'm reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul talks about of a church, a group of churches. Many of you know that they were called the Macedonian churches. The church at Philippi, the church at Thessalonica, and the church at Berea. Because they had come to Christ, and because in those days, many of you may know, they were persecuted, they often lost their job, they lost their income, they were, living, they were experiencing severe trials, and Paul said, extreme poverty. But I, let's read it. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Listen, out of their most severe trial, their overflowing joy, in their extreme poverty, it welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, 
entirely on their own. Nobody begged them. Nobody prodded them. Nobody tried to uh, uh, persuade them or, or solicit them. Listen, they didn't just have to try to persuade them. Listen, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the saints. Could you imagine people who had nothing and yet they're begging Paul, Paul, let us be a part of this giving. Let us be a part of blessing the people there in Jerusalem who are experiencing a severe famine. Listen to what he said. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege for sharing in this service to the saints. Listen. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. Thank you. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus to see, since he had earlier made a beginning to, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But listen to what he's challenging the church. But just as you have excelled in everything in faith and in speech and in knowledge and in complete earnestness and in your love for us, see that you excel in the grace of giving. I want to share with you three things this morning about how to become an extravagant giver. In other words, how to excel in extravagant generosity. How many want to be an extravagant giver? Anybody in your God? I want me. You know, I believe it's in the if you really love God, there's something on the inside of you that says, God, I want to be like you. How many want to wave at me? How many desire to say, God, I want to be an extravagant giver? Come on. Listen, I believe that's the heart of that, that that's the heart of every born again believer because when we receive of the goodness of God, when God's blessed our life, we want to be like our Father. We want to bless because we've been blessed. And so I want to share three things on how to become extravagant in our generosity. That's our goal. That's what we're desiring to be as a church. Come on, listen to me. And so here, number one, if you and I are going to learn to excel in generosity or, or what I call be extravagant in our generosity, then we must give in response to grace. In other words, giving is not a debt I owe, but it's a seed. I sow. Let me, let me help you with that. Listen to me. The Bible says, and now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace. Anybody here know about a little bit about grace? Come on. If you know anything about grace, anybody here been a recipient of grace? Anybody here thankful for what God has done in your life? Anybody can recall that when you were once dead in sin, but Christ, who is rich in his mercy, say rich in mercy, with his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead. Anybody in here ever been dead in sin? Anybody ever was, was, was tore up from the floor, was messed up, and yet God, when you didn't deserve it and didn't earn it, yet God intervened. Anybody? here thankful for the grace of God come on give God a praise for his grace here was people because they had received grace they wanted to say God what can I do to bless you let me just tell you generosity flows from a heart that's been touched by the grace of God in response to the grace of God. Extravagant generosity flows out of a heart that has received the grace of God. 
if you've been touched, if you've received of the grace of God, there's something in you that want to do, say, God, I got to do something. We see an example in the life of Mary in John chapter 12. I'm reading verses 1 through 5. It tells the story of Mary, the brother of Lazarus. It goes on to say, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany at the home of Lazarus, the man who had been raised from the dead. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> you know, isn't it exciting to, you know, that Jesus went to the house of Lazarus? It is, this, most theologians believe it, maybe it was a month had passed. Jesus raised, if you read John chapter 11, many you know Lazarus was in the grave, not three, not two days, not, but four days, and Jesus decided on the fourth day to raise him from the dead, and, and, and may, if anybody was excited, how I many of Martha and Mary was excited and the Bible says and dinner was prepared in Jesus honor and Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him I'm sure Mary was in the back room saying what could I do for someone who's done so much for me what could I do to, for someone who Raised my brother from the dead. Just a month ago, I was at the tomb and I was weeping. I was crying and my life seemed hopeless. I, but here today, my brother is sitting at the table. And the Bible goes on to say, and so it goes on to say, Then Mary, she went in the back room, um, that's, that's Neil's version, and took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus feet with it wiping his feet with her hair the house was filled with the fragrance but Judas Iscariot the disciple who would soon betray him said this that perfume was worth a year's wages could you imagine she gave Jesus the equivalent of of what was a year's wages. Here's another Osceola McCarthy in the Bible. Here we see of Mary. Listen, Mary had been so, so, so saving up. I don't know how, how, how she uh, um, came about being able to purchase. Maybe she saved up over several years and bought this expensive perfume. And when she thought about what could I give to Jesus, she thought, of, I know what I'll give him. I've been, I've been saving up for years. This, this is so special. But you know, because Jesus is so wonderful, because he's been so good, she thought of the most expensive, the greatest, the best thing she could possibly give to Jesus. And she gave the most expensive thing that she had. And the Bible says, he went on to say, it should have been sold and the money given to the poor. How many of you know that sometimes when you're extravagant in your giving, people might criticize, people might find fault, people might say, listen, why this way? The, John let us know that Judas was a thief and he had already been stealing from the money basket. But Mary did it because she wanted to do something for Jesus because of what 
he had done for her. She her brought how, you know, just shortly she had been hopeless. She could recall that her brother was dead, but now he was alive. She recalled how Jesus had changed everything in their family. Anybody can recall how Jesus, when Jesus come on the scene, everything changes. Your fam- my, my mother and I was sitting on the front porch of her house yesterday, and we were just re- 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 reflecting how good God has been to us. My mother's 83, and I want to tell you, we were just thinking on how God has blessed us and blessed us as a family and blessed our, our, bless her children and her grandchildren. And she just began to think, it, and she was just saying, oh, Neil, God's been so good to us. He's been so good. See, when God's been so good to you, you want to do something for him. You want to you do something special for him. And so Mary gave Jesus what was most expensive to her. See, real generosity, real extravagant giving flows out of a heart that's been full, a heart that's been touched by the grace of God. Anybody's heart been touched because God's been good to you. And I want to tell you, it was out of her overflowing love and, her, and, and, and because of what Jesus had done, her natural response was to give grace. One writer records it in Luke. He said, listen, uh, I tell you her sins, there are many, you know, this was another example, another story of someone, some believe it was Mary again, but, but who washed Jesus' feet and put anointed him and, and, and the Pharisee criticized and, and uh, he said I came in your house and you did not anoint me but she has anointed me and she has washed me and listen to what he said Jesus said in Luke 7 verses 47 um, she has shown much love because she's been forgiven much she's shown much love but a person who's been forgiven little shows only a little love you know that has helped me to understand really the heart behind generosity some people don't give because they lose sight of what God has done for them some people don't give because they they forget how good God they forget that the reason you got breath is because God gave you breath the reason why you're able to go to job is because God gave you uh, the strength to go the reason why you're able to get in a car is because God provided that car the reason why everything you have you see sometimes we need to just stop long enough to remember everything I got is because of the goodness of God let me just say you know that song when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he done for from me anybody beside me let me just when I think about the goodness of Jesus and how he set me free anybody beside me get excited I want you to know it be make you reflect this 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 week I wrote in my journal I can't tell you all because can I tell him man I shouldn't tell him right. I'm not gonna tell him right now but I received it was our anniversary this week, and we just received an amazing, amazing blessing. And I was like David. Many of you, if you ever read the story of David in 2 Samuel chapter 9, it says it in verse 1. One day David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now to understand the, the chap, that verse, you got to understand, here's David. God has blessed him. He was a shepherd boy, and now he's a king. In other words, he, wasn't, he, he was a reject, 
But now God, now he's God's elect. God took him from the backside of a, of a, of a watching sheep and raised him up and elevated him. See, let me just tell you, when God lifts you up, uh, it, it, you know, he was, and then the Bible said, and God has caused all his enemies to be defeated, and God had given him victory everywhere he turned. And I want you to know, and listen, David, I guess he woke up one morning, and he began to say, walk around his palace, and he began to say, my goodness, God, you've been good to me. I remember when I was walking among the sheep. I remember when I didn't have anything, but here I am in a palace. Here I am that you've given me peace all around. God, you've provided for everything that I need. And I'm talking about, and I believe that because he became overwhelmed by the goodness of God. And he said, God, who can I show kindness? To? God, who can I bless? Because you've been so good to me. And I believe that there's time when we reflect on how good God's been, it will cause us to want to be generous. You know, that what I wrote down in my journal on Thursday. As I celebrate my anniversary, I, I recalled all that God has done. I thought of how he's blessed our lives just beyond my wildest imagination. Ann and I had just stopped for a minute, and we talked that day, and she said, Neil, did you ever think God would bless us this way? Did you ever imagine that we would be where we are today. Did, could you imagine? You know, it's just been the grace of God. The fact that we stayed together is a miracle. It's a miracle. It's just a miracle. The fact, the fact that we're still married is the grace of God. Listen to you. When we begin to look at how God, what my prayer has done, our hearts just became so full. And this is what I just said. I, it was my prayer. I read that in my devotion. And I said, God, Lord, is there anything I can do to show you kindness? God, because of what Jesus has done for me, I just prayed. I looked over the world map and I said, God, what can I do to bless your heart? God, you've blessed me so much. I just want to bless your heart, Father. God, I want to do something just to bless you. <laughs> and I'll just tell you, <coughs> there's time. <coughs> Excuse me. There's times when my heart is full. And I don't need anything. <coughs> I don't, I, <coughs> I really don't need anything. And I'm saying, God, what can I do for you? How can I bless you? Because you've been so good to me. You've ever been there where God has just been so good to you that, God, I, I don't need a thing. This morning, Lord, I just want to know what can I do for you? How can I bless you this morning, Lord? How can I make you happy this morning, Jesus? Lord, what can I do to make you smile today? You've been so good to me. And you see, when you've been touched by the grace of God, the natural outflow is to be generous. I'm looking forward to what he's going to do. Because, you know, when you ask God that, he's going to answer. I say, Lord, whatever you want. <laughs> God, whatever you want. You've been so good to me. And whatever you want, Lord. 
I just want to make you happy. I, I, I just want to do something, Lord, and show you kindness. You ever ask God? I know he's God. I know he don't need anything. But God, what sacrifice could I give for you? Because you've been so good to me. And I just want to just say, Lord, I just want to be, be a blessing for you. Because he's been so good to me. I'm grateful I still have my mama at 83 years old. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful for the lens. None of us get where we are because of who we are. It's because of the grace of God. And I'm just telling you, my heart becomes full. Don't, don't mind me. There's times I just get so full, I, I just can't help but just say, thank you, Jesus. 2020 has been an amazing year. In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of crisis, in the midst of economic downturn, in the midst of church building closures, in the midst of unrest, God's been good. God's been good. I say God's been good. We never wanted for nothing. God allowed us to pay off our property. Everything you see, say paid for. Come on, say paid for. Say debt free. Listen to me. I read every day of scandals and, and, and leaders who brought reproach. But we celebrated 25 years. And by the grace of God, no scandal, no reproach. Come on, let's thank, oh God, help me. Jesus. It's been the Lord. I couldn't keep myself. But he's the keeper of my soul. I'm, I don't know about you. I'm telling you, God's been good to us. I think of all that he's done. He's protected us. He's provided for us. He's kept us. Kept us when we didn't want to be kept. Oh, he's been good to us. My, my, my. Y'all, you, you got to understand. I, I just need to right now just let you know. I'm just, my heart's full. I'm telling you, God's been good to me. Oh, Jesus, I'm telling you. Somebody, if anybody, if you can relate that God's been good to you. It don't matter. The, the year's been hard, but God is good. It don't matter what the year's been like. God's been good to you. I'm telling you, when somebody tell him, God, you're still a good God. Oh, God, you kept me in my right mind. You protected me. You watched over me. Come on, you made a way for me. You healed me. You delivered me. Come on, God, you protected me. Come on, you anointed me. You're giving me favor. Come on, God. I'm telling you, I am blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Give God a praise because he blessed your life. I'm talking about some blessed people. If you bless, give God some praise. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Come on. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm blessed. Oh, I'm telling you, he's good. 
Anybody believe me? He's good to you. Come on, say he's a good God. That's why I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him with all my heart. He's just been so good. I, I, I can't hardly preach God's been so good to me. I'm telling you, God's been good to us. He's a good God. He deserves a praise. Would you, would you just help me one more time? Just give him another praise. Tell, say, just tell him, God, I love you. In spite of everything, God, you deserve the glory. Come on, come on. Let somebody know he deserves it. Come on. Come on, God, you deserve it. Come on, God. He deserves the praise. He deserves the glory. He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. And that's why we praise him. That's why we love him. Because he's been so good. You see, you can't understand that. Listen to me. I'm not going to finish. I'm going to finish next week. I, I, I'm just going to stop. Because let me just tell you, you, can't, you, if you're here today, you might can't understand it. Because if you've never received grace, you can't understand the grace of God. But hear me what I'm telling you. Listen to me. When God has touched your heart, I'm telling, when God has saved your life, when God has delivered you, when God has forgiven you, when God has put his hand on your life, anybody, God has put his hand on. See, when God has done that to you, there's a joy the Bible says it's joy unspeakable you can't even explain it you can't even understand it fully it's joy unspeakable and full of glory give God some glory in this place I'm telling you he got a there's a joy there's joy let me tell you this joy that I got the world couldn't give the world can't take it away oh I'm telling you he's been so good He's been so good. And I want you to know, listen to me. Through every disappointment, He's a good God. Through every disappointment, He takes even our worst failures and He turns it around and works it for our good. You know, I'm telling you, the God we serve, He's just been so good to you. Let me just, let anybody beside me, your heart's full because He's been so good. Listen, today I just want to pour my all on Him. I just want to say, God, you Lord, 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 what can I do for you? You've been so good to me. I'm like Mary. God, what do I have that I can bless you with? Because God, you've been so good. You raised me. You know, the Bible said we were once dead in sin. But Christ, who is rich in mercy, with his great love. Come on, even when we were dead, Christ raised us up. If you're alive in the Lord today, you ought to give God a praise right now. Come on, you don't, you don't need no music. You don't need no piano. You ought to say, God, God, you've been good to me. I'm going to heaven. Heaven's my home. I don't have to fear dying. That's why you got to understand. We live on a different level. I'm not afraid of COVID. I'm not afraid of because I'm telling you, heaven's my home. Jesus is so good. Oh, he's delivered me. He's protected me. He's done it all. You see, some of you can't shout. You're so focused on, on yourself. Let me tell you that. But if you get your eyes off yourself, and you'll begin to focus on him. Sometimes, you know, we, you know the, the, the epitome of, of selfishness is always thinking about me and my us for and no more. And all you ever talk about is me, us for and no more. But if you'll get your eyes off yourself and you'll begin to fix your eyes on Jesus and you'll begin to meditate on what he's done and how he's been good to you and how he's blessed you, I want you to know all of a sudden a praise will begin to come in your mind. Anybody, see, a selfish person won't praise him. 
see the fact, listen to me, I can't sit down. I got to stand up. I got to give him a praise. I got to let the world, I love him that much. He deserves, you know, the, the, the amazing thing, the very people who won't praise God, they'll praise LSU. They'll praise saints. They'll praise, they'll praise, but they won't praise God. I'm telling you, isn't it a, a trap? I'm telling you, God, God deserves all my praise. Anybody beside me, he deserves, let me just tell you, I, I'd be a crazy, some of you going to watch the saints. I'm, I'm hoping they go to the Super Bowl, but I'm not living for the saints. I'm telling you, I am a saint. He, Jesus made me. He, he redeemed me. He sanctified me. I'm holy. Come on. I've already won because of Jesus. Somebody give him a praise right now. Come on. Give him some praise. Oh, God, if he didn't do anything else, y'all. I'm telling you, listen, God, you don't have to do anything else. <laughs> You're just that good. The amazing thing about God is that, you know, he just don't stop being good. It's, he said, it's my nature to be good. It's my nature to bless. It's my nature to, 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 to shower you. And every time I thank God, you can't, you can't shower me, surprise me any, any greater. He surprised me in a greater way. I'm telling you, oh, that's why I love him, y'all. Let me just tell you, today I want to say to you, if you're here and you can't praise him, there's either one or two things. You don't know him because to know him is to love him. It's to know him is to worship him. See, the, 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 the Macedonian church, the Bible said they first gave themselves to the Lord. Until you're giving yourself to the Lord, you can't understand what it means to want to love Him and shower Him and be generous. But I'm saying to you today, let me just tell you, it starts with a relationship with Jesus. I was a nobody, a zero. I was on my way to hell. 1979, 18 years old. In Gulfport, Mississippi, Lighthouse Full Gospel Church, God looked down. We say we found God. No, God found me. I was a prodigal. I was a wayward. I was his lost sheep that God wouldn't give up on me. And I want you to know, he saved me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. He set my feet on a rock. Come on. He took me out of the miry clay. Come on. He set my feet on a rock. I'm telling you, now he put a song in my heart. Anybody, God put a song. You know, me and Mark was just talking. To today, so many people come to the altar and they leave the same way. I'm, I, I believe they're not, they're not getting something. Because when you really get them, it put a dance in your step. Come on. It'll put a shout in your praise because of what he's done. And I just want to say here today, as I close, if you're here and maybe for whatever reason, maybe you've gone through things, maybe you, you're discouraged, maybe you're depressed, maybe something happened in your life and you find it difficult to praise God. I want you to know if, if you say, God, I just need a, a fresh touch today, I believe he'll give a fresh touch to you. If you're here today and you've never surrendered you never said, all of me, Jesus, I give to you. Like they sung that song today. But today you say, God, I want to surrender all. 
I want you to know if you will yield all to him, he'll give all to you. While heads bowed, God, I pray for every person in this room and those who are watching via social media. God, I pray today, Lord, it's a generous heart begins, Lord God, with first giving ourselves to you, receiving the grace of God. If you've never received this amazing grace, or maybe you're here today, and maybe because of circumstance, maybe you lost a lover, maybe you're at the end of your rope, maybe because your home been lost, whatever, and you find it difficult today to pray. I'm telling you, the God we serve, He said, if you'll just say, open up to Him, He will come in. He will feel you here today. And you say, Pastor, I just need a touch today. If you're here today and say, I just need, I just need God to touch my life, just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Anyone here, just say, that's me. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, young lady. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you that the handbag that I see that hand. Let's just pray right now. Father, I pray. Come on, those of you that hold your hands up, just right now, just pray. Father, you know every need. I'm coming down. Father, you know what's going on in their lives. And Father, because you came to heal, because you came, Lord God, to restore, you came. I don't care. I don't know what your year's been like, but God knows. And what I can tell you this, if you will open up to him today, he will come in. He will heal. He will touch. He will deliver. He will do what nobody else can do. It, it just those of you that raise hand, just hold your hands up. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Those who may have lost a loved one, those who may have gone through a difficult time in their physical health, those who may be battling in their mind, Lord, those who may have looked like things look bleak because of what they've gone through. God, because you are God and there's none like you, I pray in the name of Jesus right now. Touch them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Let them experience you in a way they've never experienced before. God, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Bring joy where there's sorrow. Do what only you can do. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, Lord, today that you would set their heart on fire for you I ask you to do this in Jesus name